0: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Fox 2 presents Hancock and Kelly.
1: Welcome to Hancock and Kelly here on Fox 2. We're going to start on the left today. That right there is Michael Kelly. Hey, good morning. You're up first, even though your name's second in the show, so I probably messed everybody up. On the right, John Hancock. Morning. And great to have you here. I'm John Brown, your friendly moderator. All right, we're going to get to the impeachment in our regionally popular B block. It's big across the region, mm-hmm. in case you guys haven't heard. Good. Research is in. We begin today with a wild week of democratic politics though. Okay, let's begin with Joe Biden because he got himself back in the news cycle this week with this particular ad.
0: World leaders caught on camera laughing about President Trump. Several world leaders mocking
1: President Trump. They're laughing at him. My administration has accomplished more than almost any administration in the history of our country. Didn't expect that reaction, but that's
0: okay. <laughs>
1: world leaders mocking and ridiculing him for being completely off
0: balance. Allies are deeply worried about it. They say he's becoming increasingly isolated. Something is very wrong. The world sees Trump for what he is, insincere, ill-informed, corrupt, dangerously
1: incompetent, and incapable, in my view, of world leadership. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty if ever being able to recover America's standing in the world in our capacity to bring nations together. All right, so we got our political analyst here to talk about these ads today. So this one was interesting because it came out right after uh, the president was snubbed, to use their words there, when, uh, when they didn't meet, they
2: didn't have the press conference. So your thoughts on that ad? Did That, that was Joe a great Biden ad. The game? And, you know, it, it, typically when Joe Biden's going viral, it's because of some gaffe he made or he maybe mispronounced the state he was in. This was a great ad that was right on message. It was timely. And it's true. The world is laughing at uh, Donald Trump and Joe Biden has the experience with world leaders to reverse that. For a guy who's been running to stand still since he got into the race, he's been able to weather the storm as being the front runner and everybody attacking him. I think he is poised now to break out. And get this
1: nomination, John. It hit me this week that unlike the Republican primary four years ago, where they all really attacked each other leading up to the primary election, uh, nobody's really paying attention to their competition right now. It's all focused on the president.
0: Well, and and that's the one thing about that ad that's strong is that it, it's taken on, you know, the the Republican opponent uh, and you elevate yourself in a multi-candidate primary when you're the one that's taken on the guy in the other party. And so that, that's one point in that ad. The other thing about that ad that's good, uh, just, just from a political operative standpoint, uh, is that that's an ad that's designed not just to talk to voters, not just designed to talk to base voters, that's an ad that's designed to get in Donald Trump's head. Mm. And um, you, you don't often accomplish that in political advertising. But that that was and that's a I mean that was the one of the purposes of that ad, and I think they may we'll see we'll see how the president reacts. Okay, springboard off that one here because right now you don't need to rally the Democrats against
1: Trump. That's already there. So what they have to do is get some Republicans or some
2: moderates over to their side that may have been effective in this case. Well and that's that is the case. And look, we saw Donald Trump never went to the middle. Uh, even in the Republican primary and sure. afterwards, he continued to talk to his base, he fired up a base. I think Joe Biden is talking to those 10% that might be able to flip or flop out of it, especially when you have Donald Trump making the gaffes he's been making on the world stage where people are laughing at him. It's timely, so it's regular news and then Joe Biden's able to come up behind it. You're, you're tagging in, it's almost like you're getting
0: two stories. Mm-hmm. Well, what Trump did do is that he reformulated the Republican party. I mean, what, what had been their GOP base up to 2016 is not what Donald Trump put together. He put together a Trump coalition. So he didn't deviate from that, but he, he was talking to people on the front end of that campaign that weren't part of the Republican movement prior. Okay, Joe Biden did have a bit of an issue, though. His barnstorming tour,
1: you've probably seen the name by now. Let's show the bus here. The No Malarkey Tour is what he calls it. That's an image of the bus, his campaign tweeted out recently. But what was also interesting is the number of people who had to look up the word malarkey. Okay, so he kind of went over the head of some of the voters I think he was trying to get because they're like, nobody's used that word since 1964. Why would you name your tour the No Malarkey Tour? No one talks like that
2: anymore. Joe Biden is a defined individual. There is nothing Donald Trump's going to be able to say about Joe Biden that people don't already know. And he doesn't come with the definition that Hillary Clinton came with. And so he is poised now in a spot where he is on the same plane as the president. He has a record to point to. This, I, I got to tell you, I, I think that while Joe continues to make a couple of mistakes, I think he said he was in New Hampshire the other day when he was in Iowa. He picked a fight with one of the guys who accused him of selling the White House. This is good. I think it's the energy and anger that, that, that is palpable inside the Democratic Party he's tapping into. That slogan, Brown.
0: Yeah. Tomfoolery, I say, oh, of that boy. slogan. That's uh, ah. you know, I mean, there's a guy. If you're if you're looking to get and reach into the young people and <laughs> capture the imagination of the youth vote out there, using the word malarkey might not be the best way to get there. Go with I'm I'm the I don't know. Never
1: mind. I wasn't going to use the word that I think may be a cuss word for the for the older folk, not so much for the younger folk. But okay, Biden also got the endorsement of John Kerry this week. Uh, does that matter? No. Doesn't matter. Nope. John Kerry. Now the
0: only the only endorsements that really matter. If if Barack Obama would endorse, uh, you know that would matter. But mm. John Kerry is pretty inconsequential.
2: What the the momentum of a lot of endorsements could be effective, but that means that he needs to come every day for between now and Iowa with another marquee name, just like that. Obviously, the two most coveted names aren't going to make an endorsement here. That's Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. All right. This week, Kamala Harris backed
1: out of the race. That led to several media outlets like The Economist to post things like this. And you'll see it says Democrats at risk of an all-white debate stage. Kamala Harris was the only non-white candidate to have qualified here. It's interesting because... You know, a lot of people have also pointed out, John Hancock, that the finalists on the Republican side were more diverse than now on the Democratic side. They've become the old white person party. As well, the, as a I mean,
0: you know, the Democrats are, Kamala Harris ran a terrible campaign. I mean, this thing was there for her in, in the beginning. She really had a, she just ran a terrible campaign. Maybe she'll learn from it, maybe she won't. Uh, but I don't know that a lack of diversity on the Democrat stage is going to mean much to many people people Mm -hmm. at this point i mean you know all
2: right your thoughts on her getting out well i think it's unfortunate i think like john said she came out of the gate heavy and hard and she really had some momentum and she really squandered it uh and it is unfortunate the rules inside the democratic party have created this situation where you have to qualify so we have two billionaires who are able to qualify outside of a cory booker uh and julian castro who've been doing this for two years the rules are flawed I've always been flawed from day one having 18 or 20 of them up there but now not having the people who've been participating it eh, doesn't look good
1: okay one very one other one I want to talk about very quickly here's we're running out of time in the a block Michael Bloomberg um, he's he's got ads go ahead and roll the ad guys and we'll talk over it here because we don't have time to run the whole thing but he's got ads currently running here in the st. Louis market you've probably seen him by now surprising though John Hancock that he is running all these ads here in St. Louis, we're not in Missouri, Illinois. I mean, they're down the road a little bit. Why is he targeting states that aren't in play right now?
0: I don't know. I, I don't. I don't. Spending a lot of money. I don't doing get the too. strategy. Now, the only the only strategy in which something like that would make sense is that if he's ultimately plotting to run as a third-party independent candidate, which I don't think he is, uh, but he's making a long play. They're ignoring Iowa. They're ignoring New Hampshire. I think he's going to ignore South Carolina. Because he's too late, maybe? Yeah, and so, Hmm. you know, at that point, you know, it's a a poorly conceived strategy, and they're going to end up wasting a lot of money, in my opinion.
2: It is a good ad. I mean, if you've watched it, it's a good ad. But it's talking uh, to voters in a place that doesn't matter. And unfortunately, Missouri's got, what, 78 delegates It's not going to play the role, and it's way after Super Tuesday. I'm beginning to buy into John's theory that this is a part of a bigger play for him that's not about the Democratic primary.
0: Because he's not really talking to Democratic primary voters in that, in that ad. That's an ad that's designed to appeal uh, to the, the, the middle. A lot of populist material
1: there. Hey, right. you, we'll give you health insurance, but if you like yours, you can keep it. It seems like he's taking a lot of those left-wing issues right now, bringing them back to the middle. So I, I don't understand what the long play
2: would be here. If Michael Bloomberg could go back into a time machine and have announced a year ago, I think he'd be the front-runner. Interesting. All right, still to come here on Hancock & Kelly, President Trump says he's not
1: worried, but should he be? We'll take a look at the weekend impeachment and what happens when this whole thing gets to the Senate. Get your kicks on Route 66.
0: listen to the podcast just search for Hancock and Kelly
1: welcome back to Hancock and Kelly okay the regionally famous B block people all over talking about it we're going to talk impeachment right now okay let's let's have a real conversation about this okay. because i i love politics i love learning about politics this whole impeachment stuff outside of learning more about the constitution i'm fi- i find myself turning it off now because i know how it's going to end and now it's just bickering. We've already heard these arguments. Are you guys in the same boat with me on this one? Yeah, I, and I
2: love this If stuff, you honestly. go back to the previous impeachments, whether it be Richard Nixon or uh, Bill Clinton, we didn't have the media that we have today. Uh, you were forced to watch it no matter what. Mm-hmm. You have so many choices these days as to what to do. And it does take a long time, and our attention spans changed. I mean, it was just a couple of days ago the president of the United States was being made fun of. Doesn't it feel like a year ago? I mean, things just change. I don't think people's patience are there. Impeachment's going to go forward. We know the outcome, right? The House is going to impeach the President of the United States. The Senate's going to acquit him. Nancy Pelosi, who I think has been a strong, astute leader for the Democratic Party, is boxed into a corner. She has to feed the Democratic base. They want their pound of flesh because this man has clearly violated the law, and they're not going to stand up for it unless uh, he's
0: impeached. Well, he had not violated the law, and the reason people are bored with this is because the story as it came when it broke back in late september uh i think it was late september when that story broke it hasn't changed it's the same i mean okay this is what happened and you know as many people have said it w- was not a good idea for the president to conduct foreign policy like that but the aid got released there was no investigation announcement uh, and you know there's just nothing here and that's why you're going to see that the American people—they're not tuning in. They're not paying close attention. You could go talk to your neighbors. Nobody's talking about this.
1: And That's that, that I find interesting. And is that we're in the impeachment proceedings, right. And it's not and, resonating. And
0: the longer it goes on, uh, and then you know you're going to have a window where the Republicans control the message in the Senate. I don't think this is good politics for the Democrats. I think they're going to rue the day they went after Yeah, you know, and, and maybe it's a, you know, another dump on the media thing, which
1: I'm a part of, of course, but it seems like every single thing that's happened over the past few weeks, especially on cable news, you see, well, whip up the outrage circle here again. and,
2: and the, well, It is a heavy thing that's it, happening. It, it certainly uh, is. The president is oh, getting is. impeached. And you may not like the charges, you may not think they're warranted, but the fact that we're having a discussion, there's something that stinks mm-hmm. here enough for us to be doing this. You know who's not worried about it?
1: President Trump, they asked him about it this week. Here's what he had to say. Are you a about the, Iran, the impeachment what? might have on your legacy? No, not at, Mr. at all. Yeah. Not at Mr. At all. It's a hoax.
0: Mr. It's a hoax. President it's a big, Obama. fat hoax.
1: Okay, but she brought up an interesting point there, talking legacy, because that's one thing that he really cares about. His name, his legacy, yeah. and now he goes down as one of the three who will likely be impeached. So that does become a part of your legacy. Should that matter? I, I don't know where to go with that, but well, I, obviously that should I, look, matter, too. Look,
0: Bill Clinton rehabilitated just fine after he was impeached, and he was impeached.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so, you know, I mean, these things happen. We're in a hyper-partisan age. Democrats have been wanting to impeach Donald Trump since before he got sworn in. Mm. And um, and I think for a lot of the public, what they're seeing play out is their own understanding that this is just a, a partisan political is operation
2: killing every aspect of who donald trump is i mean this guy builds a doghouse he puts his name on it and the fact that his name is going to go down as one of the three losers who's impeached it's killing him i'm the best president ever to get impeached <laughs> you know what some
1: constitutional scholars i listened to this week some podcasts one i talked with said they have con- some concerns here and john you'll sound off on this one One of the guys in particular really dislikes the president, but he's worried about the precedent. He says that almost every U.S. negotiation regarding foreign aid or whatever it might be is a quid pro quo. And now future leaders are going to be scared about how they handle anything because they think, can I be impeached over this? Is this a quid pro quo? Is that a concern?
0: No. I I mean, the the difference here is that he was asking them to investigate the kid of his, political rival, and and I don't think that's a, uh, that's not a common diplomatic approach that presidents have taken over the years, so I'm not too worried about that, and, but they're right, I mean, every, every foreign relationship is good, you do this, we'll do that, I mean, that's, every negotiation, every, relationship every is rela- yeah, exactly, plot. exactly,
2: yeah, I think John said it, okay. well, I don't think there's anything to add, you're right about it happens every once in a while. Dang it, the show's over. (laughs) He just agreed
1: with him. (laughs) Show's over. It's been a good party, but still to come on (laughs) Hancock and Kelly, another discussion about discharging student loan debt. Is that a good idea for the economy? Or is it fair to ask taxpayers to bail out people who took out too much in loans? We'll have that debate coming up. Time for a little news potpourri today. Let's start on The Loop. The Loop trolley expected to shut down by the end of the year, putting a halt to that more than $50 million project. Now it's left up to other agencies trying to figure out what to do with this thing. What do you do with it? Michael Kelly, you're up first. You're in charge, right? The Loop trolley is yours.
2: What do you do with it? Well, that's the big question. The problem is, is we've turned it into kind of a laughing stock, and it is. It's been a complete joke. I mean, you see the numbers that come out. But there's some non-laughable consequences that are related to this. Nearly a third of the money that came into this was federal funds. You have to pay that money back. You have to find a way to keep this thing solvent. Otherwise, you put all of your other transportation dollars that come from the feds in jeopardy. Uh, this was a poor decision made seven or eight years ago, and we're living with the consequences of it now. But we can't turn back on... Figuring out how to pay for it. But nobody, you know,
1: I remember this, this whole debate. Nobody thought this was a good idea other than a few people. Well,
2: one person did, and he's pretty influential. And, and he I is, is. I think and he's done great is, work. Yeah, and yeah, his absolutely. heart was in the right place. It hasn't panned out, it was a poor decision. Uh, to go forward with it, but there are consequences. You just can't walk away from it. Oh, we're not going to pay these bonds.
0: Well, this thing's making eighteen hundred dollars a month, Brown. <laughs> I mean, uh, quick math: eighteen hundred a so, month. So yeah, it's eighteen. Do you do like, that over a year? That's uh, you know, that's a twenty. Dude, that's twenty thousand dollars a year. Yeah, right. <laughs> it only takes six thousand years to pay <laughs> so off the notes. It'll be, we'll be done. That's exactly right. I mean, look, this thing, wow. One of the problems is, it yes. doesn't go anywhere. You know, that's just that's like when you're building something for transportation purposes. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't go anywhere, that should be problem one, right? And so problem two is nobody, you know, the, the one place in this town where you go to walk around <laughs> is the Del Mar Loop, where you got the restaurants and the shops and the, you know. I the mean, more you talk, the stupider this thing is. I mean, you know, it, it, this was not a good idea. Now, look, Joe Edwards, God bless him. He's done a lot he of things He saved the right. loop, right? And it, this is, credit for that. This is a great example that all of us sometimes have really bad ideas, and this is one of them. Okay, so what do you do with it, though? Well, I'm, you know, they're, they're blow torches, and I, I don't know what to do with it. I, you, you can't. Okay, here's my idea. You guys ready to shoot me down on this one? All right.
1: You get another 50 million dollars, and you extend it through Forest Park, and you take it all the way down past the soccer stadium, down to the arch, and at least get people on it. Well,
2: it, that's all you ideal. The, idea. can the do. problem is, John, like he says, it, no it's in the one walkable part of the city, and right. it doesn't go anywhere. Yeah. I and mean, if it went into Clayton and it went into downtown, it's going to make sense. It's going to get used. It's not going to be used in the place where people
0: go to walk around. The only yeah, you got to put more money behind it. Try and sell that one. I mean, you can use it to wreck cars. You know, you just put the car and let the trolley run over I mean, you know. <laughs> if you ever need your mirror off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just
1: park perfect. There. That's a great idea. All
0: right. Some Democrats want to discharge
1: student loan debt, all 1.6 billion dollars of it. Bernie Sanders leading the charge. Elizabeth Warren's going to steal that idea and make it her own. Sorry, a little bit of a joke there. Didn't fly. Uh, very few economists that I've read think this is a good idea for the overall economy. John Hancock, you're up first. Discharging all this student loan debt. What do you do? Oh, it's a horrible
0: idea. I mean, look, you you take out student loans because you have to, you intend to pay them back. And if you can't pay them back, you don't take out the loans and maybe you go to a community college. It's been a little, I mean, there are ways to afford a higher education or go to trade school, whatever it may be, to just forgive the obligations that people make is its the, the I mean that that is socialism that is truly socialism and it's wrong and it sounds like a great idea right no. I mean, and, and, but at the end of the day how's it get paid for
2: and that's not what's being discussed and we're seem to be the only party that worries about spending anymore it's unfortunate that it's our people out there saying that this is going to be the case having said that we all know young people who are dealing with ridiculous debt mm-hmm. that none of the three of us had to deal with then it is unfair what's happening to these kids.
0: Well, if you want to go to a $60,000 a year school... John, then... state schools are not a walk in the park anymore. No, man. but they're 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 affordable, and if you can't they're afford not. the state school, then you go to the community college. I mean, there are ways to get an education. Well,
1: one of the guys here at Fox who said this, he said, you know, I couldn't even afford to go to college. Now they want me to right. pay for other people who got to go to college. Exactly. How is that fair? It's not. His perspective was spot on in this one, as far as I'm concerned. All right, still to come on Hancock and Kelly, it is time for their final thoughts. Stick around.
0: You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator